I know we say we talk about bourbon. Sometimes we talk about scotch. But in doing this show week in and week out over the last two years, I've learned that I am a rye guy, and I have learned that you need to start appreciating rye. Eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars, and this, kids, is Pikesville Rye. This is from the Heaven Hill people. You know Heaven Hill Distillery because you've had Elijah Craig, because you've had Larceny, because you've had Evan Williams. You know the name. You know what they do. Pikesville Rye is sensational. I went back to the well for this. It's not a, it's not a well rye. It's not what I mean. We've reviewed this before. If you subscribe to the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast and Apple podcast, I just love it so freaking much. Now, a bourbon is 51% corn. That's what it has to be, right? That's how you do a bourbon in American uh, first-use charred oak barrels. You can only dilute with water. It's got to be two years. This Pikesville 110 proof, fingers Malloy. Wait, wait, put that down. Apply. There it is. Much better. Uh, this is a straight rye, which means at least has two years. 51% rye, 37% corn, 12% barley, done in a new charred oak barrel. Six years in the barrel. It's just lovely. Do not be afraid of rye. I find rye have a unique sweetness uh, that I don't necessarily always get from bourbons. There are some people who will tell you that rye have this really interesting spice going on to it. Your palate you decide. So this, first of all, from, from the color, and when you see the bottle, it's, it's a nice, simple, easy square bottle kind of presentation. It looks like something that's, that's, that's very cool, very old, turn of the century on the, on the packaging. It's terrific. It looks like a bottle that was sold out of the back of a horse-drawn carriage in right. the 1800s. Exactly what they're going for. Uh, this is, it's, it's a beautiful color. It's a beautiful uh, a caramel uh, kind of, of of look to it. It's got that nice amber going on, and you take you take a you take the nose, people. That's you put your put your nose in there. You take a big sniff, and that is just absolutely wonderful. There's a lot happening, and that's the one of the weird things. I think people think rye, and they think you know uh, very very old school something your your uh, grandfather used to drink. Don't think that. There's wonderful. Seriously fun complexity. A rye is what's in your old-fashioned, in case you're, you're trying to put it to the mixed drink uh, kind of thing. There's a bit of citrus going on here, a bit of vanilla going on here. There's a, there's a sweetness happening. It's, it's a solid nose. You get a, spi- a little bit of spice, and are you getting a hint of licorice? So how do you describe licorice? Um, it's, 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 I don't know if I describe that as, as dark or, or tangy. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that almost a neat, I don't know. I don't know if I get that, but there's maybe there's a lot going on here. It's one of those things that there there are many layers to this. It feels like, and I feel like if you told me you get something out of it, uh, that may influence my nose. That's that's how they do it when right? they when they pour the wine. Now, don't forget to notice the raw, the, the the plum flavor in that wine. <laughs> You'll be like, son of a gun, this tastes just like plum. Um, it's 55% alcohol by volume, as we said, so that's 110 proof. We do it neat, so we always start neat. We have a big rock side, and then we've got some ice chips. More and more you'll find as you're, as you're checking out bourbons or checking out drinks for yourself, you want a little bit of water. You want that ice to kind of open things up. Let the water open things up. Let that chill kind of make it a little easier to take on the palate. Sometimes a big rock or a sphere, which I personally prefer, is just too much because it just dilutes too much. So a couple of ice chips, open it up, get a touch of chill, but don't over 
saturate. Don't dilute the, the, the juice too much is the way to go. Well, with the sphere, it's not so much a problem for me because I drink it really fast. Oh, is that so, it? So, yeah. But if you're going to sit there for an hour enjoying the glass, then I definitely think the, the ice chips is the way to go. I got so excited about the Pikesville, I forgot to introduce ourselves. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. Uh, right there. You ready to take a sip? Oh, ready absolutely. To do I know you're a big rye uh, guy. I, so. I, I, would, I usually wait for you, but I'm not waiting. He's doing mm. the Memphis Munch. It is not. It is called the Kentucky Chew when you move it around the palate. That first sip for me is always about getting the taste buds acclimated, getting the palate set. It's really that second sip where I get the flavor, but I'm already in. I am already in the sweetness, that bit of caramel, that, 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 that citrus over it's actually like a citrus overtone as opposed to an undertone i could not be happier with the pikesville rye i'm not a big rye guy oh. I, I i like this a lot Holy and crap. i'll tell you something else that you get out of this that you don't get um out of a lot of well especially bourbon um i haven't experienced this there's a little bit of a pepper flavor to this mm. that is enjoyable so pikesville does a really wonderful job sometimes you'll have a, a bourbon you have a drink there's a lot of flavor coming at you at once, and you sometimes don't know where to categorize it all. Then sometimes you have almost like a monotone bourbon where you get one flavor that's just overwhelming. This has a touch of sting at the front of, of, of the tongue, the tip of the tongue, no sting in the back, a touch of heat in the throat, and it doesn't even rest in the chest. Sometimes you'll feel a, a, a warmth, uh, that warm in, in, the, in the upper chest or in the, the mid-chest. None of that. Tip of the tongue with a slight sting, into, it's the throat where, where you feel it, and it coats just beautifully. I cannot describe to you. Wait, I'm, my job is to describe to you. I can <laughs> I describe say. to you. I just enjoy it so much, and I haven't figured out why rye over bourbon for me in so many cases. Not that I don't like bourbon. I get, you know, I, I, I smoke cigars, of course, and I'm always more interested in the cigar than I am in the drink. That's just who I am. That's my natural predilection. So I'm looking for things like I used to do scotch with cigars, and I found it too, too competing. I couldn't do it. And then I moved to bourbon. It was from the bourbons and from Eat, Drink, Smoke that I started getting into the rise. I find rise to be such a better complement to almost everything. I can sip rye better than I can sip bourbon. This is sensationally good. Well, you got me hooked on, you know, when you're talking about pairing. Don't blame me for your problems. <laughs> you got me hooked on coffee. With a cigar. Oh, yeah. I, I just really in, enjoy a, a, a nice coffee with my cigar. This, though, I this is just fabulous. And my question for you, Tony, do we know a price point on this? The, oh, wait. Well, this is already in my liquor cabinet. Okay. Pikesville is a standard in my liquor cabinet constantly. It, the MSRP, Manufacturer Suggested Retail Price, is $50 a bottle. Oh, all day, every day. It's just, it's just worth it. We have reviewed things where you can have it once in a while. We've reviewed things that are good. This, to me, is an everyday drink. This is an everyday, after work, fix yourself the cocktail kind of drink. This is it. Now, I'm keeping it neat, uh, uh, but I am adding two ice chips to it. I'm going to let that kind of sit, let that melt through, and, and see where I get you will get the citrus. You will get that touch of pepper you were talking about, uh, uh, fingers. Uh, you're going to get that, that caramel, which even plays a little bit sweeter into, into those brown sugars. The guys over at thewhiskeyjug.com often refer to it as marzipan. And when you read their review, it's like, that, okay, that's really specific. Right. Like, I don't have that skill set. I don't think I could decide, you know, what's <laughs> marzipan and what's not. 
it's just this wonderful uh, multi-layered beverage going on this multi-layered rye that gives you so much and perfect for the table men will love this women will love this people who have never had a rye before what a place to start them i'm telling you pikesville has just hit it out of the park with a complex flavor profile like this to be able to get a bottle for 50 dollars is just such a bargain in my mind, Tony. And we've talked about it previously on other shows. Right around the holidays, I'll be interested to see if you can get a nice little gift set <laughs> with the glasses and maybe get it for 40 bucks. And if you let this come out the nose, right? You do that exhale out the nose, you get some really good wood. You get some really good kind of wood feeling to it. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. There is a pepperoni shortage. Remain calm. Remain calm. Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. I don't know why there is a pepperoni shortage. We went through because of coronavirus, right? There was a beef shortage, and then there was going to be a pork uh, shortage, so that would fit. But I haven't heard anything uh, about it. There is a report from USA Today that small pizza shops across the nation are reporting these higher prices for pepperoni. Bloomberg News with the story. A South Dakota shop is paying $4.12 a pound compared to $2.87 a pound in January 2019. As a guy who does not put pepperoni on pizza, mainly because I don't eat pizza, but my kids don't do pepperoni, none of that, I'm not that affected. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. Work through it. This is what the therapy was for. (laughs) What's funny is right now we have a meat tray on the table. Right. And listen, you're, you're the fancy meat guy. Uh, that looks like pepperoni right there. That is pepperoni right there. And then there is a, a, a cured sausage right over there. We've got a habanero uh, cheese here. And then we've got a cheese done uh, in, in the port wine. Uh, I love a charcuterie plate. That's what it's referred to as, you know, charcuterie. And I, I, I just, those flavors work for me when I'm having a drink all the time very, very well. Actually goes back to my wife's grandfather. Um, in in the uh, couple times I'd been to their place in North Carolina, he'd sit out on on the deck and he'd have a he'd have a knife like a pocket knife and he'd be cutting an apple and he'd grab a piece of cheese and I did that with him a, a couple of times and really started getting into that's that's a lovely thing to appreciate. It's a simple snack. It's an easy thing. Whittle and apples, right? But it, it's good. I just I just love uh, the mix and and uh, I don't think I'm a what do they call it? A cheesemonger? I, I'm not an expert. No. I just love to try it. it. It's it's a flavoring that works for me, especially when you can get some of the the nuttier kind of of cheeses. I don't the, the the moldy cheeses. Some of them are lovely. Like I love a blue. Some of them are just they're they're kidding themselves. It's not good. Well, see, this is really uh, too fancy for me. Uh, you know, when we would doesn't come out of a can, <laughs> right? Well, you know, when we're watching football games. Uh, growing up in Michigan, we would get some summer sausage, chop that up. Uh, they've got this great. Schuler's cheese in, in oh my goodness beer Schuler's? cheese yeah beer cheese oh it's fantastic should be a sponsor of Eat Drink Smoke uh, but that would that would be as far as I would go in into the meat tray family there is a New York City pizza shop paying six dollars a pound up from four dollars wow so it's up this this two bucks give or take where you go two dollars a pound can actually make a difference that could keep you from saying you know what we either have to raise the price on the pizza or not offering. Uh, pepperoni, right? Well, the, this, the, is, this is this is supply and demand, right? Well, that that's economics one one. But pepperoni is sliced so thin that while I could see where this would inc- obviously increase the price of pizza, pepperoni pizza, it's sliced so thin. I wonder. You, you, I'm assuming you could stretch it further. 
but yield is yield. They yeah. know that a certain amount of pepperoni will get them a certain amount of coverage on a pizza. And usually they're not buying it whole and then slicing it themselves. It comes sliced, right? It comes in a bag of sliced. So if that bag costs more, they have to distribute that out amongst the entirety of a pizza. And if you're ordering pepperoni pizza and you were to have three pieces of pepperoni on each slice, is that a pepperoni pizza? No, it's not. No, but, it's not. But, but if you go to New York and have pizza, you fold the slice in half, right? That's how you eat it. You fold it in half. So just put the, the pepperoni on one half of the pizza slice. And when I eat pizza, I am a purist. It's cheese. That's all That's all I want. I don't, I don't want anything else. Growing up, I tried different things. I was big in a sausage, which my rabbi said, what are you doing? But <laughs> as, as I've gotten older, if I'm going to, to eat it, just cheese, straight cheese, oh, nothing but it. Not the, even the, extra cheese. I'm going to get so much. The way hate. God intended. I'm going to get so much hate for telling you what I like on a pizza. I know. I, you're not wrong, though. It's a lovely combination. Go ahead. Tell everybody. Fingers below. Pineapple and banana peppers. It's a yeah, fan. yeah. That's Nasty. a lot of hate. I can hear it already. Yeah, I, it's a fan. You get the sweetness from the the pineapple, a little bit of kick from the banana pepper. So not not pineapple and jalapeno. Whatever's available. <laughs> usually, usually I'll get the the banana pepper, but you know if the. The, those uh, jalapenos are there, then I'll grab those. But if you're eating too much pizza, here are the eight cheap and healthy foods that will help you lose weight. Came across this story from a website called Clark.com. This is what's known as a listicle. You, it, that's, that's not sexual. <laughs> L-I-S-T, article, list, listicle. The way to get clicks on a website is listicles. Five things this, uh, eight things that, three it's things so this. so dirty, especially if you get on a sports site and uh, say the uh, there'll be an NFL site and they'll say one player from every team ha- who's going to have a make or break season right. and it's 32 slides. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> come on. That's funny. So this is eight cheap foods that will help you lose weight, Fingers Malay. Okay. I read through this list and I want the people at Clark to know I'm glad you're in business. I hope you're doing well. This list is garbage. Oh, okay. I'm going to share with you why I believe this list is garbage. Right? They, they quote a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine from 2011. Okay, this is silly. So when you come across these lists, be, be forewarned. Brown rice. Brown rice does not help you lose weight. No. Because no one's eating brown rice by itself. Usually, it is accompanied by some sugar-laden sauce to make it taste like something. Like pineapple and banana peppers. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The second one is non-fat Greek yogurt. Uh, There's no secret here. There's no secret. Doesn't that have sugar in it anyway? Yes, but do people... I You know, we buy plain yogurt and non-fat Greek yogurt because my kids like to eat smoothies, drink smoothies, and right. they'll make smoothies. But are, are people buying that yogurt and consuming it? Do, do people yes. do that? Yes, they do. Wow. It turns out people who hate themselves <laughs> hate themselves quite a bit. All right. And I mean, they've got on this list, uh, uh, number five, canned tuna. Ugh. Nobody is eating tuna that doesn't have mayonnaise in it. Right. And then some other things, whether it be celery, whether it be onions, a little garlic powder, things uh, like that. It's very keto friendly, though. I guess low carb, but low so, carbs but, and see, tuna. But keto is about a lifestyle, yes. right? If you actually stick to it, how are you doing there, uh, Fingers Malloy, on your uh, on your on your keto love? How's your Atkins going? I'm down 12 pounds. Right, I've, I've stalled the the weight loss has I've, I've plateaued, and I had two donuts today for breakfast, and uh, 
a triple cheeseburger and uh, M&M McFlurry. Um, we didn't oh. play What Did Fingers Eat Today? I feel so bad. You wait, so you, <laughs> I wait, feel so bad. You went right to McDonald's now. and you had what? A triple cheeseburger with no onions, um, an M&M McFlurry, and a Diet Coke. When you get the triple cheeseburger, no onions, because you hate the onions. I hate those dehydrated, whatever those awful Do you check are. the sandwich before you leave the drive-thru? No. You Should just I? have faith. Yes. These are trained burger professionals, Tony. <laughs> they won't steer me wrong. I never know what the protocol is. Am I supposed to check the bag right there and then? Am I supposed to check the bag and open it up and, and see? Well, I think now you really should because so many of these fast food restaurants, they're not allowing people into the dining room. So you'll have to go through the drive through again if your food order is wrong. Yeah. Which well, is a big pain in the neck. But don't you have to do that anyway? Oh, you could go in if the dining room yes. was open. Uh, this list also contains beans, sweet potatoes, and apples and other low-cost fruit. This is... Guys, you haven't taught me anything. you got to give me something new that'll, that'll like, lose weight, like Snickers bars. <laughs> Snickers. Turns out, if you eat a Snickers, you'll lose 72 pounds. Well, we talked about it last week, how if you add peanut... Skins to chocolate, chocolate. It'll, it's it's healthier. It's not really. It's 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 not. It's not. It doesn't even sound like it'd be good. But peanuts in the milk chocolate. Yes, this is eat, drink, smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, food radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. It is the Pikesville Rye that we are reviewing. I am in love in a way. It was two ice chips. And just spectacular. It's a rye, not a bourbon. A mash bill of 51% rye. It has to be at least 51% rye. Like a bourbon has to be 51% corn. This is 51% rye, 37% corn, 12% barley, aged six years. Those caramel flavors, that citrus overtone going on, that bit of spice, that pepper. It's just lovely. I'm telling you, I put a couple of ice chips in this. The pepper has subsided a little bit. I'm getting more licorice. Maybe it's just me. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. Oh, it's not I, it, black licorice. This is in my liquor cabinet. Fifty dollars is the suggested retail price. It is in my liquor cabinet. I just adore it. Didn't do a big rock this time. Just a couple of ice chips. Give it a chill. Let that open up. And it has been sensational. It's the Pikesville Rye. This comes from the Heaven Hill people. Same people who bring you Larceny and Elijah Craig. Really wonderful stuff. It is time, Fingers Malloy. Did I say hello? I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. It's time for News of the Week. Do we have a theme yet? We don't. Yeah. News of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you know, the news, of course, is dominated with the, the coronavirus. What's, what's coronavirus? Coronavirus? Haven't heard of it. It was imported from China. That's all I've got. I heard it was an old, old wooden ship, I believe, from the Civil War era. <laughs> well, Tony, wearing face masks makes people more careless and less likely to abide by social distancing guidelines, research shows. Of course it does. Of course. it. Why not? Why not say, hey, everyone has to wear a mask and then say, oh, by the way, the mask will absolutely spread coronavirus more. Well, researchers say that masks can lull people into a false sense of security, making them more careless and less likely to follow social distancing rules. Isn't that the, the same theory that, like, like with football players, because they're wearing pads, they feel invincible? The helmets. And then, the, and then they, they tackle inappropriately because they tackle sometimes head on as opposed to... Yeah, they lean uh, with their from head. From the shoulder, you got to have the head to the side. You, you've seen a lot of, especially safeties, who really back in the day would headhunt 
receivers coming over the middle. And that was the argument that you didn't see a lot of that when when players were wearing uh, leather helmets with no face masks. But now that they got their heads completely encased in whatever the, the material that they use now for, for helmets, they, they feel invincible and they leave with their head and it causes concussions. Is there going to be an NFL season? Yes. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen. You think it's going to happen? Are they going to do it the bubble way? No, no. In fact, uh, we are seeing that uh, it looks like, at least for the first part of the season, there will not be fans in the stadiums. But it's going to happen. My question, though, is will it be a full season? Will it be interrupted? We've seen it in baseball where the Miami Marlins, the St. Louis Cardinals, both had their seasons interrupted because of a coronavirus spike in the team. Within the team. Within the team. So they had to cancel games. It's easy to make that up with double headers, and that's what the Major League Baseball is talking about. How do you make up canceled football games? It's, that's going to be very difficult. You can't say, okay, we're going to play on Sunday, then Wednesday, then Sunday again. Because it's been weird. There have been, you know, with, with the New York Jets, with the Minnesota Vikings, oh, we have cases of coronavirus. Oh, no, wait, false positives. I have not been able to keep up yeah. with who may have or who doesn't or how. Yeah, the, the Jets, I believe, the Vikings, they were all sending uh, their tests to a lab in New Jersey. And now we're finding out that this New Jersey lab, they were churning out a lot of false positives. So then they would go back and they found out from another lab that they were false positives. So there's a big investigation. The NFL is still trying to work through this because, I mean, it's one thing. Major League Baseball, much of baseball is social distancing in the game. Well, there's no social distancing in football. None. That, that, is, that is true. And look, we make a point of sharing the, the, the news, but we try not to get political. So when I bring this up, I'm not trying to be a political uh, uh, guy, right? That, that's, that's, not, that's not the point. Um, people get the show at different times all across the country and thrilled uh, to, to welcome KHOB uh, to, to the family there in Hobbs, New Mexico. Great to have you. Um, you saw the NBA and the Milwaukee Bucks this week say we're not playing this because of a shooting that took place involving police involving a man by the name of Jacob Blake uh, and and the shooting there regard with police and is it racial because the cop was white and Jacob Blake is black and then you have the Wisconsin Attorney General saying uh, he was fighting with police because uh, the police were called there because of a problem and then it was a, a fight and then he resisted arrest and then they tried to tase him and the taser didn't work and then there was a shooting and then the players in the NBA are saying this is ridiculous this goes back to, to, to a conversation of, of police brutality and then they said they're not coming out and then you had teams like say they're not coming out and then you had Le- LeBron James the, the, the Lakers and the Clippers saying we're not playing the rest of the season so you know depending on, on where you're at when you hear the show some of this may be resolved some of it may be not so I don't want to date the show that way but we're aware of it. I don't want anyone to think that somehow right. we're not aware of these things. I'm very curious, though, how these things kind of manifest in other sports. Because you saw Major League Baseball say we're not playing tonight. Major League Soccer, we're not playing uh, that, that evening, right? Well, yeah. What you're seeing in the NFL, Tony, is you know my Detroit Lions uh, on Tuesday canceled their practice. And they had a team meeting to discuss what happened in Wisconsin. Uh Washington, they did the same thing there. I don't think you're going to see. I mean, one game in the NFL is huge, and I'm not saying an NBA playoff game isn't huge as well. Uh, but there's so much invested into preparing for an NFL game and to prep for it, and then to schedule it. You know, if you play the next night in the NBA, it's not a big deal. You start 
delaying NFL games. It screws up the routine. It screws up uh, logistics. I don't know if you're going to see these kinds of demonstrations from players in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. And as, as I've said, you guys know I, I host a morning show in Indianapolis. I host a syndicated midday radio show as well. Um, I, I see people on social media getting worked up and angry at, at players. I think there is an agreement or disagreement. People can see the situation differently. They can feel empathetic uh, towards uh, how people might see something but still disagree with, with a decision. I'm not one of the people getting worked up here. This is for the league to figure out. If, if, if players are like, we're not going to play, and the league, Adam Silver, the commissioner, is like, okay, we're not going to play today. Well, if they, if they cancel a season, they cancel a season. I, I don't know what the intended effect is, and that's one of the things that I'm really struggling with. Yeah. What is the intended effect? What is it that that a a uh, Doc Rivers or LeBron James, uh, Kenny Smith, he's a commentator on TNT, literally said, "I can't be here," and during the broadcast, walked off the set. I I accept the fact that they feel a certain way, right? I don't deny people their feelings. I do sometimes get into the idea of, I should say sometimes, many times, do your feelings mean that I have to act differently, right? right? That's always a big question. Well, but what is the? what do you think the intended effect is? What do they hope to do with not playing? Continue the national conversation about law enforcement reform and police brutality when it, regarding African Americans. I think that's what this is all about. Uh, you know, once the violence goes away, people stop. They're worried that the, the conversation will stop. My question is, can we have a true conversation? We keep hearing about national conversation. It doesn't matter what the subject is. Right. But there really isn't a conversation. It just seems like it's it's two sides that have their heels dug in and they're shouting at each right. other. Because the other side of this is, is that if you have somebody who is resisting arrest and was reaching for a knife, that's what the attorney general of Wisconsin said. This guy, Jacob Blake, was went to his car to grab a, a knife. Well, the officer has to make a decision in that moment. It's like in Virginia, they're going to try and pass a law to, to say if you attack a police officer, it's not a felony. Now it's a misdemeanor. Right. Maybe that's that's not a conversation about police brutality. That's that's almost like you're. Are they? What is the plan here? They're going to say, "Oh well, you hit a cop. It's no big deal." We are in so many ways. So many people are talking past each other. Well, the other thing too, I think that we need to do as a society is try to resist the urge to offer a hot take. As soon as news breaks, <laughs> because often the news, uh, the breaking news is wrong. It's not accurate all the time, and the story needs to develop. Wait, it's okay to wait. Yeah, you gotta wait. You opinion. gotta wait for the investigation. You gotta wait to get the facts. Yeah, absolutely do. And I think everybody has to do that. But if it wasn't for hot takes, social media wouldn't even exist. There would be no Twitter if there was no hot take. This is Eat Drink Smoke. So what is the proper way to do a tasting of a bourbon? It's Eat, Drink, Smoke, Tony Katz, Fingers, Malloy, Apple Podcasts, subscribe. You can also find us on iHeart, right? Yes, iHeart Radio. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify. Find us there. Huh, we're all over the place. Who knew? And if you follow me on YouTube, Tony Katz TV, you can find all the podcasts there as well. YouTube.com slash Tony Katz TV. I don't know why we don't have an Eat, Drink, Smoke YouTube. How to properly taste a bourbon. It was a question that was posed to us. Was this on Facebook? Or yes, was it was. It was a comment on Facebook. From um, John S. Yes. 
John, where do we even know where John S is from? Facebook. Where, oh, John S lives on Facebook. Do you guys use Glencairn glasses when tasting, or do you recommend something else? First things first, what the bloody heck is a Glencairn glass? G-L-E-N-C-A-I-R-N. So this is a glass that was designed to be the perfect way to taste bourbon. And what it is, it's, it's got this shape. It's not fluted. It starts with a very small base, and then the glass comes out almost a bit flat and then rounds and kind of works its way up like a Coca-Cola bottle. So if you look at the first half of a Coke bottle, how it goes a little bulbous and comes thin in, that's what it kind of looks like. The point of the glass is to be able to do a couple of things. First, it's utilized to best be able to explain and look at the color of a bourbon because when you think about a rocks glass, you've got a lot of glass at the bottom, especially if it's a heavy weighted kind of rocks glass. So this is easy to hold and really get a look at. You can mm-hmm. tilt it a little bit without risking spilling it because it fills up that bulbous area. Did bulbous make you chuckle? I've, I've been resisting. And uh, and and you can really get a, a, a look at it. Then it's about the 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 body to see how how it kind of how it fills the glass out is the best way to put it. Then the nose. It fits right. Your nose can fit right in perfectly. You're able to have enough air in there to kind of get yourself a a, a, a good sniff, yeah. a good snort. And you do the Saskatoon swirl. That's not a thing. That's not a thing? No. You, you, you do that with wine. You're you're opening it up with, with the air. I don't know. I know people do it with, with bourbon. I have never. I, I have not felt the difference. It's fun. Um, then it's also designed to fit well in the hand. It's, you would almost think that the glass is a bit dainty. I think people, when they see a rocks glass, they want to feel the glass. They want it to feel heavy. They want it to feel full in, in the hand. This is, a, you, you can almost wrap your whole hand around it. Very, very easy to do. I always put my pinky under. I do this with every glass for fear of it slipping. I always put my pinky under. You're worried so that the pinky's going to slip? My, the hand, the, the, the glass oh, is going to slip okay. out. So that's a Glencairn glass, G-L-E-N-C-A-I-R-N. But it's not the kind of glass that you would want to put ice in. That's definitely a neat glass, wouldn't you say? 100%. Absolutely. You would, you would put it into something else, a, a full rocks glass, right? Uh, if you were going to do it on the rocks. Do we use it? The answer is yes. Here, when we, when we record, we often record at a place called Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana, blendbarcigar.com. Great people, fantastic service. Love them to death. They, through them, we do the tastings always in a Glencairn glass. Is it necessary, uh, John? The answer is, nah. No. I don't. I don't think so. I can appreciate what the purpose of the glass is, and and the people who built this. It was it was a dad, and then he left it. He created this idea. He left it on a shelf. Then the son saw it years later and said, "What's that?" And then went to different distillers and said, "What tweaks would you make to this?" And they gave ideas, and they came up with this shape. I get that it works. I, I, it makes sense. It is absolutely not necessary, as I see it, to being able to properly taste a, a bourbon or a rye or anything No, else. I agree with you. What I like to do is I put it in a rocks glass, and then I take a straw. Yeah. And, and you know, you, 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 you gently draw the whiskey through the straw. <laughs> Uh, preferably one of the striped ones that you get at a fast food restaurant. Being the kind of environmental man you are, it's paper straw, is it not? Oh, God, communist. What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think those two things go together. <laughs> are people still doing paper straws? California was doing paper straws. Well, yeah, but the, the thing with Starbucks, Starbucks, they, they you, you can't use the, they were going back the, to the 
they had the lid. If you had a, a drink, the they, sippy the, cup the, lid, yeah, the sippy cup lid instead of the the plastic straw, which is odd. I like I like cold brew coffee, and so I and I like to have it out of a straw. I was joking about the the whiskey kids. I don't drink. I, I don't think you were out of a straw. The other question came from Twitter, where we are go eat drink smoke on Twitter on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash eat drink smoke. If you want to ask a question, you can put it there. Tommy Z and Mark B both asking the same question on Twitter. Is it possible to restore old cigars? What I think they mean is, is it if you have a cigar that is dried out, can you rehydrate a cigar? And the answer is yes, depending. That's, that's the best way I could describe it. Because very often, you know, your dad had a cigar, but he didn't take care of the humidor. Or you haven't been taking care of your humidor. And, or you forgot you had it in a pocket in a suit that you only wear to weddings and funerals. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, and you'd love to smoke it. But if you touch it, it starts to crack. So what is it that you do? First, ask yourself if it's worth it. Right. That's the number one question. Is it worth, Tommy? going through the process of of restoring this, rehydrating it, right? That's the question for the answer to Tommy and Mark. If it is, well, then you got to be prepared to wait a few weeks. You're going to get, you're going to spend three weeks nursing this cigar back, uh, back to health. Back to health. But there are two things you got to look for. Has it cracked? If the wrapper is cracked, it's not like you're going to uncrack the wrapper by rehydrating it, getting it back in your humidor, or utilizing a proper amount of, uh, of moisture. And if the tobacco itself hasn't lost its oil, right? You know, often we'll discuss the cigar and the wrapper is kind of oily. Well, th- this is a natural, this is the leaf, right? This is natural tobacco. It's going to happen. If, if the oils are gone, there's, there's nothing to restore, right? Mm-hmm. So th- that's, that's a, a, a question there. Anytime you're utilizing a humidor or anything else, it has to be distilled water. Now, there are, are solutions that you can purchase in places, and I'm not saying that they're bad. They might be, they work for you. I always find that distilled water works uh, best. Then you have to take a, a cloth, uh, moisten it, not wet, not sopping wet, wipe down the entire humidor. You want to add more humidity because when you put the cigar in, it's going to be uh, resting uh, next to it. Where that humidity should be, well, that's a different question. Everybody, when their cigars are fresh, good to go, has a different level of humidity uh, that they like. I put myself into that 72 range. That's more of where I am, 70, 72. Some people like it a little less humid, more in that mid-60s range. Some people are up to 75. That's as high as as high as I would go. But it's okay if you're at that 75. Don't think you have to overwhelm the humidor and you need humidity at like 85%. That's not an answer. That's not what you want to do, especially if you've got other cigars in there that, you know, that, that are working. You don't, want to, you, don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to ruin it like that. And then you, you got to give it time. I'm telling you, you got to give it uh, uh, three weeks to be in there to have a chance to kind of absorb don't put it in a spot that's like really moist. It's almost like a puddle. That's that you won't have a cigar left. Well, so much of this requires patience, right, Tony? I mean, I've seen discussions on different cigar boards as far as uh, when you order cigars, say online, and you, 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 do you do you smoke them right away or do you put them in your humidor and let them rest? And so many people say, well, you, you should you, you should rest them, but it's really hard to be patient. <laughs> 
Right. It, it's, it's hard to be patient. So when you're you're talking about trying to restore a cigar, you have to have the patience to be able to say, okay, this may be a two-week, two, three-week process. And that's if you're using a humidor. Now, if you want to just keep it separate, get yourself some Tupperware. Get yourself a plastic bag, right? And through, through that, you can uh, get a, a, a sponge or, or a pop or foam, use distilled water or, or a solution, you know, the propylene glycol, and you can put it in there and try and work that cigar all by itself. But the real question is, is it worth it? If it's not worth it, it's a lesson learned. Next time, don't be so drunk at the wedding or funeral uh, that you forget the cigars in there. It's the best, that's the best I can do for you. Sometimes have, you got to give it up. I have a church hill that the wrappers cracked right at the foot about three quarters of an inch. I'd up. smoke it anyway. Smoke it anyway. 100%. That, that's a different conversation all together. The Pikesville Rye, people, you got to try it for yourself. It is a sensational rye. It should be in your liquor cabinet. It is in my liquor cabinet from the people at Heaven Hill. Pikesville Rye is just lovely. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. When you smoke cigars, very often you'll get stuck into a rut. Oh, this is my cigar. Oh, this is what I smoke. Oh, this is the area uh, of the world that I smoke. I only smoke Dominicans or I only smoke Nicaraguans. No, 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 no. You have to expand your horizons. You have to try different things. And nothing is more different than the Yagua. That's right. It's called the Yagua. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. This comes from the people at J.C. Newman, and you're not going to find this everywhere. We don't always do hard-to-find cigars, but this one is just such a great story, which is why you have to expand your horizons and try different kinds of cigars. I like the people at J.C. Newman. I think they do a, a very, very solid grouping of cigars in all different kinds of price points. The Yagua is kind of interesting, first because it comes from Esteli, right? And I do adore things that come from Esteli. It's Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, and then it is Nicaraguan throughout. Esteli is Nicaragua, so it's the binder and filler is Nicaraguan. How this cigar comes, it's a 6x54, so this is a Toro. So 6 refers to the length. It's 6 inches long. <laughs> Always makes them laugh. And 54 is the ring gauge, how thick it is around. <laughs> Again, with the laughter. So a 64 ring gauge is a full inch around, Fingers Malloy. That's how that works. The way they do these, you'll notice that this is a totally misshapen cigar. It's not a box press. It's not round. It's not a Figurado. It's not a pyramid. What is happening here? How do you explain this? There's an old school way of doing things as the story is told and passed down. Now, whether or not the story is real, I do not know. But here's how the story is told by the people of J.C. Newman. They would roll cigars and then they would take a, a basically a palm leaf. They would take a, a, a leaf uh, from this palm tree known as the Yagua, Y-A-G-U-A. They would put the cigars in, they would put the leaf around it, and then they would tie it. So the cigars were still moist. So they would start to have this funny shape because they were all being pushed together. And then when they decided it was time, they would just take them out. So every cigar, it's like half a box press and, and half kind of kind of round. It's like a Mobius strip of cigar. It's very strange when you hold it in your hand. If you put it down in the ashtray and pick it up, it's got a different feel depending on where you grab it uh, on the stick. It is most peculiar, but it has just a wonderful deep chocolate oily wrapper. 
And sometimes, you know, they do such a good job in the rolling. You can see little parts of the leaf here and there. You take a look at that in the light. I'm sorry, I walked away from the microphone for a second. You can see the leaf. You can see where everything is. You can see the oils coming off of it. It is just, when we talk about what I like in a cigar, one of the things I love, I actually like a touch of grit in, in the feel of the wrapper. But you slide your finger across there, that is just smooth. Smooth and spectacular. And we just lit it, and when, when you review a cigar, you gotta remember a couple things. First of all, what did you eat that day? What did you drink that day? We happen to be drinking the Pikesville Rye, which is an interesting compliment to something from Nicaragua. Nicaragua, the more earth, the leathers, the dirts, at least those are the flavors that I get out of it, as opposed to maybe the more spice you get from Dominican cigars. Uh, so we're having the Pikesville Rye. I had uh, the charcuterie plate with the <laughs> habanero cheese and the pepperoni. So I've got a lot of spice going on on the palate right now. Yet what I get from this at the very quick, we just lit it, I get tobacco flavor. I get this wonderfully rich, luscious tobacco that comes through fingers. You said dirt. That's not a bad descriptor, man. Dirt, and then you know, I'll, I'll once again mention what I had. I had a triple cheeseburger and an, <laughs> and an M M&M and M McFlurry. So I can tell you what you know. The pepper hit me right away. This dirt, but then there's also this like lovely cream flavor. It really, is, yeah, no, that is that is absolutely there. This is a very fun cigar. We'd break it down into thirds, and we suggest that you do the same. First third, second third, final third. That's the way to review it. Flavors change as you go along. The tobacco changes, and you have to go along with it. Make sure you're writing things down. Grab yourself a spiral notebook like you would send the kids to school with. They cost a dime or whatever it is. And write it down. What did you eat that day? What is the weather? If you're if you're if you're smoking it outside, what? A dime, Grandpa. What are you talking? A dime? Have you ever been at like a Staples or an Office Depot for the back to school stuff? They 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 cost nothing. Really? They cost absolutely nothing. It's ridiculous. It's a giant bin. It's a dime. I don't think they have those anymore because you can't put your hand in because coronavirus or, or whatever. <laughs> um. So write down everything that you ate that day, what you're feeling like that day, because that can all change how the cigar feels. To you, this is the Yagua, Y-A-G-U-A. I, I feel the construction is wonderfully solid. Uh, this feels like it has a touch more humidity than, than I like to go for. I like a little more rigidness in my cigar, but off the quick, those first draws give you just a wonderful, wonderful tobacco flavor. There is a lovely cream that comes out of it. I do not get... For me, a spice, but I may be so inundated with spice from what I ate right. that I'm not feeling it. You had the it, habanero cheese. Oh, yeah, it, it was good. It, <laughs> Daddy likes the pain. It, it's really just something else. It's the Yagua, Y-A-G-U-A. What we haven't been able to determine is price point. Cigar Aficionado says you can find it for $7.50 a stick. I did some other looking, $17 a stick. It's rare, and that may change the price point to it. Now, you fingers had uh, brought up a question that you're experiencing regarding cigars and other people may be, even though they're not doing as much travel as they usually do, how do you travel with cigars? Yeah, I'm going to Texas in a few weeks and being that I'm the co-host here at Eat, Drink, Smoke, uh, I'm the cigar guy now in our circle of friends. Congratulations. Welcome yeah. to my life. Right? So The I, cigar guy is the one who brings the cigars. Yes. So they're expecting me to bring cigars. I'm traveling, uh, getting on a plane. And uh, right now, I think I'm going to be drawn to the uh, Davidoff 3x3, the, the Tubo. 
Uh, but what are your recommendations for if you're going to hop on a plane and you're taking 15, 20 cigars with you because you're the cigar guy? What, what's the best way to go? First things first, the 3x3 three by, three by Davidoff is this silver tube. It doesn't look like much of a cigar. It is great for these kinds of occasions where you need to hand things out because they can handle the travel well, and it's a nice, simple smoke. Don't deny it. Don't think it's like in the discount bin. If you need a scroll like that, great. I love Brickhouse for these occasions. Uh, the Traveler, I think, is, is, a, is a tubo. You can find it. And a tubo means it comes in a tube. That's that's what it means. And you don't need a humidor, right? If you're if you're traveling for a Oh, week. not for something like that. No, not at all. Just well, keep them in there. Put them in your backpack or put them in your carry-on, and, you, and you're good to go. I have traveled with boxes of cigars, with tubes of cigars. Never had a problem a day in, in, in my life. Super, super easy to do. Uh, I like Brickhouse for that because I like that price point. And you can mix it up with some Maduros for some people who like a little more uh, strength to it. I think you can go, depending on the group, the uh, with Avos and do an Avo Tubo and feel very, very good, especially in that $11, $12 place because what you're also talking about is you don't want to be spending $25 a cigar for people who are going to take three puffs and be like, well, that was fun, and then and then, and then then put it down. Exactly. I mean, that's what I like about the Davidoff uh, Tubo. I think for nine sticks, it's like $27. So you don't feel bad if you give it to someone who's not a cigar person. They take three puffs and they toss it. Yeah. So I, those would be three that I would suggest for those kinds of events that will do you, do you very, very well. I don't think you'll have a problem with it at all. And anybody who has a problem, remind them it was a free cigar and to shut their face. <laughs> It's the Yagua that we're reviewing, everybody. Y-A-G-U-A. It is. It's starting to work for me right here. We'll get into it. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Well, I always appreciate a good gimmick. When it comes to cigars, I'm not a gimmicky guy. When it comes to bourbon, I'm not a gimmicky guy. When it comes to beer, I'm not an IPA drinker. I think that's the way it goes. I'll accept the gimmick when it comes to beer. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Tony Katz. Fingers Malloy. Find the podcast at Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on iHeart. iHeart and Stitcher and Google Play. And Tune in. We're Spotify. Yeah, so if you're not an Apple person. Which is okay. Yeah, that's fine. There are plenty of uh, Android platforms that you can, you you can find can, us. You can get it. And we are on iHeart. Yes, I didn't know iHeart. that until recently. What do we know? Uh, this is Harpoon Brewery working with Dunkin' Donuts to launch donut-infused beers. Fingers Malloy. Is this, is this acceptable to you? No. Oh, well, how do you I'll really tell you feel? Why. Would you please? Pumpkin spice. <laughs> that Pumpkin is one. spice beer. Make it stop. They- Make it stop. Pumpkin spice this. Pumpkin spice that. Okay, pumpkin spice candle. If you like candles, that's fine. Pumpkin spice beer. No, no, no. Stop it. They have the Harpoon Duncan Pumpkin Spice Latte Ale, a Boston Cream Stout, K-R-E-M-E, I would try that. Oh, I'll drink that right now. Yeah. Thank you very much. And a jelly donut IPA. No. No. IPA, first of all, for me, just like it, it, it cancels it out. Jelly donut IPA. I'm not yelling at the IPA lovers. You do you. I don't get it myself. The ambers, the stouts, the porters, that's where I want to be. I want a beer that you can almost chew. We actually tried the other day uh, Budweiser Nitro, yeah, which was basically their way of trying to doing what Guinness does. You you shake it three times, then you open it, and you pour it all. R- turn it upside down full directly into the glass. 
It was actually very good. Yeah, I was uh, surprised. Yeah, worth worth trying. I didn't mean to sound. What I'm angry no, no, about. No, no, you when sounded comes, like an elitist well, snob. No, 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 wasn't. Well, wanted to I, punch well, IPA drinkers in the neck. It's not that. Well, what drives me crazy is when I go into a bar. I'm a stout porter guy, and I'll look at what's on tap, and they may have ten beers, and eight of them are IPAs, and I, it drives me nuts. I am so stunned God at bless their popularity. The so stunned at their popularity. There's also, by the way, a Harpoon Duncan coffee porter, which I would drink. In a heartbeat. Here in Indianapolis, where we live and where we record, there's a group called Sun King, Mm -hmm. which does excellent beer. And they do a Java Mac, which is infused with coffee from a local coffee roaster called B, B B-E-E. I think it is sensational. Their Wee Mac is a Scottish-style ale. And then they do this, this Java Mac, which I just love. Coffee and beer works for me on an exceptional, exceptional level. What is the most unusual flavor You've ever had in beer? I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I think. I think that is probably the most exotic that I go because to me those things kind of combine and it adds to that richness which I want from a beer. Well, you know, I'll go, even on a hot day, I like to go to a beer store and I'm like a kid in a candy store looking around, especially when they've got a, a huge just selection. trying things off yeah. the shelf. Yes, uh, porter or stout. One time, uh, a beer clerk talked me into a peanut butter porter. And I took one sip of it. I cursed the man's name. I didn't even know it. I just made up a name and I threw it away. Yeah, I that's peanut butter beer. Have you ever had um, screwball whiskey? The peanut butter whiskey. Okay, I'm the guy saying I'm not into gimmicks. It's good. It's the only thing I could say. S K R E W screwball whiskey. It's actually very, very good. And you use that with vanilla ice cream, and you make milkshakes out of it. Oh, that's different. That's a different. Wait, conver- that's different. That's a different conversation. When you're starting to use these flavored whiskeys, whiskey flavored whiskey. That's the only flavor whiskey that's acceptable to me. Uh, when you start using, okay, I'm gonna have an ice cream drink or a, a, sh- a shake or a smoothie, and I'm, I'm putting a flavored whiskey in. I get that. Uh, I went to a baseball game a few years ago, and I had. Uh, I think it was Jim Beam Maple. Right. And I mixed it with, with Coke, and it, 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 it tasted like a waffle Coke is what it tasted like. So some of these uh, Dunkin' beers, like the Boston Cream, is uh, brewed with real Dunkin' Donuts and cacao nibs. It's 4.3% alcohol by volume. That jelly donut, it's uh, real Dunkin' Donuts and raspberry puree. It's an IPA. And has an uh, it's an alcohol by volume of five point seven percent, and the coffee porter is with it's got notes of chocolate and caramel and toffee. It's an alcohol by volume of six percent. I right now with the cigar, and by the way, the Yagua I think would pair amazingly. Like you know what I want to try with this? I mean, I love the Pikesville Rye. You know what I want to try with this? A Guinness. Yeah, I want to have a Guinness with this cigar right now because that seems. Maybe it's because we're talking about it. Sometimes it's the power of suggestion. A perfect, perfect pairing. Their uh, Cigar City Brewery makes a Maduro beer. Right. Cigar City is Tampa Bay. So Tampa, Florida. Ybor City is a little place right next to it. That's Cigar City, USA. And it's very good. And uh, and uh, that, so you, you do like that. Yes. A, a local cigar lounge here has that, and it pairs well with a cigar. Well, we're gonna, I'm going to order one because I want to I actually pair. I never do beer. And a cigar. That's a really rare thing for me. I want to try Guinness and see how that works. But you brought up Jim Beam. And I have here the list of the world's most popular bourbon as put together 
by Forbes. Again, this is about popularity. This isn't about whether or not it's your favorite. But this list, I'm willing to believe, is hyper-accurate. Some lists are not. This one is. Starting with number five, the top five most popular bourbons is Bullet Bourbon. Yeah, no question about it. You will see that everywhere. It's a, it's, it's, there are other bourbons I want more, but if someone hands it to me, I'm going to take it. That goes without saying. And number four is Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey does good stuff. I think people see that name and think that, it, that it's old school. I, I don't feel that way. I don't think you should uh, feel that way either. I think that they do um, some, some very, very good work. And one of the things that, that they do, um, if, if I've got it right, I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn. You know what? I'm going to look it up before I speak out of turn. Lord forbid. I, sp- I speak out because if I do, if I get it wrong, oh, good I'm going to get social media. You'll be uh, yeah. hammered. Right. Just absolutely positively destroyed. I'm going to I'm going to hold it. I'll, I'll get to that story another day. Number three is Maker's Mark. It's a standard. It's a classic. There's never a moment where you're opposed to drinking it. Number two is Evan Williams. Full disclosure. I've never had Evan Williams. I, I've I, never had it. I have. And here's why I think that the, the two top uh, whiskeys on this list are so popular they're mixers if you're going to a bar and you say uh give me a whiskey and coke and they'll say i've never done they'll say uh, do you want rail whiskey or well whiskey depending on what part of the country you're from it's usually maybe an evan williams or the number one and the number one is jim beam jim beam but there's nothing wrong with beam beam on the rocks fine if that's what someone hands you you're gonna say thank you you're gonna be like oh this is lovely Beam has, has, I think, wonderfully stood the test of time. And we're talking about the white label. We're talking about the simple stuff. Anytime. It, it just works. It is, it is a classic combination. It is a classic flavoring. It works every single time. This list is dead on in terms of popularity. Well, the top two on the list, definitely, they will not hit you hard in the pocketbook. No. No, not at all, which is, which is why you're going to have them. Listen, I've got Jack Daniels. In, in my liquor cabinet. I've got beam in my liquor cabinet. I always it's, have Jack Daniels in my liquor cabinet. It's just there. Jack Daniels, because that, that's my father's drink. He doesn't. If he had a drink, he'd fall down and fall asleep <laughs> no matter where he was. But for him, I keep it in the house. He doesn't drink it, but when he comes to visit, he likes to know that it's there. It just makes him feel. There's a bottle at his house covered in a four inches of dust. <laughs> this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. And we have to do an update because in the last hour, <laughs> we were just discussing in, in the news of the week, and we will get to news of the week with Fingers Malloy, that you know you, people hear the show at different times. And the NBA, you had the Milwaukee Bucks saying they weren't going to play their playoff game. This because of the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And then you had other teams saying, we're not playing. Then you had Major League Baseball teams saying, we're not playing. Then you had a vote from players on the, on the Clippers and on the, uh, on the Lakers, Lakers. And they, they, they weren't going to even play the playoffs. And we were discussing how this is kind of kind of play out. Well, holy cow, what a turnaround. The NHL, the National Hockey League, said because the players suggested it or, or requested it, they were going to suspend their playoff games. And as they did that, the NBA came back and said, we're going to resume the playoffs. I'm sorry. 
this is kind of fascinating. And your theory, Fingers, is that social media pressure got to these, got to the league. Look, this is just anecdotal, but I follow a couple of sports talk stations uh, that post stuff like this, stories like this, and the overwhelming majority of people who were posting on Facebook re- reacting to the story of the NBA saying we're, we're, we're not playing was negative. I'm done with the NBA. I, I, I just want to watch sports. I don't want politics. Yeah, but that's not the totality of people. A lot of people sure. who, are, who are diehard NBA fans, you know, there, there's a whole conversation about Nike and Nike's marketing. And when they brought on Colin Kaepernick, people got upset. I'm never going to wear Nike again. And then the Nike price went down on, on the stock market for a day. And then it went back up because their core audience is in favor of Colin Kaepernick. Right? There's a lot of people who saw that taking a knee as this really big moment. Huge, huge moment for them. Other people said they thought it was disrespectful. Other people, they went off to the races with levels of, of anger. But if the NBA players, led by LeBron James, really, mm-hmm. say, oh, they're, 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 we have to do something about police brutality, we have to stand up, as we were discussing, what was the point of it? What do they expect to get out of it, right? That you said, and you, I think you said it very well, that their thought process was they wanted to bring attention to police brutality. Well, now think of the core fan base. Think of the people who do go to games, right? Games are expensive. You know, not everybody who's playing on a street ball is able to go to to a game, afford that ticket. So now they they, they take this very, very big stand. Some impassioned talk from LeBron, George Hill of the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, other players. And then they decide, they take a vote, as has been reported, and they're like, yeah, let's resume the playoffs. So the NHL goes along in some kind of solidarity as athletes. And then the NBA says, <laughs> just kidding. It's like the guy from Airplane who, who unplugged the, the lights. as <laughs> Just kidding. Right. And then plugs the lights back in. I don't... This is more damaging than deciding not to play. Well, that's what... You have to take into consideration not only the players' feelings, but also the dollars and cents, the network contracts. Uh, like you said, the, the, the revenue for the teams in the playoffs... You can't just cut it off and say, yeah, yeah, we're done here. It's even worse for the players if they did it because the television contracts require them to play because the money has to be made. It's even worse if the objective was to to make a stand. You know, I, I said this before and I'll say it again. If you decide not to play, you decide not to play. And you do have to, like with all things, deal with the consequences of that. But with a fan base that may have been with them, they have got to be outrageously upset. Or do they just let it be, oh, well, let's move on. How about confused? Oh, well, that's the big one. Because I don't know what it all is supposed to mean. I don't know how to process the information. Now, you can argue that uh, George Hill may have a different view of police brutality, you know, based on the color of his skin. And if this conversation is uncomfortable for some people, I get it. But this is what's going on. This is the conversation. I don't want to... I don't want to not have it, right? I, I, I think to pretend that it's not there, I, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, and so his view of things might be different than mine on, let's say, uh, Jacob Blake in, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and the police shooting there. Uh, and then you have the Wisconsin Attorney General who said, well, he was going for the weapon in his car, and he'd already wrestled with officers, and they tried to tase him, and it didn't work. And the police were called because there was already a scene involving this guy. Um the confusion, I think, now that you bring it up, 
I think that's more and more right. I don't know how people are supposed to take it now. Are you laughing at the NBA and saying, is this just about wokeness? Are you taking a look at it and saying, you know what, they were very emotional, now cooler heads have prevailed? Are you taking a look at it and saying, these guys are a bunch of sellouts, rich, spoiled athletes who who uh, I thought were on my side and it turns out aren't? Man, there's a hundred ways to look at it and it may be right, just like people can look at something from two different points of view and possibly see it differently. Everyone may have a point in what it is they're viewing about these players. And unfortunately, the confusion leads to anger. And the one thing that we do not need at this point is more anger. No, We don't need more anger in social media. We don't need more anger in, in the streets uh, of major cities around the country. We need to take a breath. And maybe they decided, okay, we, we made a stand. We, we postponed the games. Now let's take a step back and let's see if the conversation regarding police brutality, law enforcement reform, if that conversation will continue. This is going to be watching how they figure this out. The only thing I can think of is, man, the NFL is so lucky. Right. The NFL is so lucky not to be playing right now, learning from all of this, figuring out how to avoid some of these pitfalls, how to handle things. This is, I'm curious to see how America reacts over the weekend and and what next week does bring for these players and for the leagues and and, and for those people who work in television who are like wait you force these players back you you, you threaten their money all oh man uh, you uh, confusion does bring anger but i think that we're not even close yet to understanding exactly where this plays out news of the week fingers Malloy, what do you got speaking of confusion tony <laughs> a woman who was believed to be dead, was found breathing at a Detroit funeral home. On Sunday morning, paramedics from the Southfield Fire Department were called to a home for an unresponsive woman, according to WH or WXYZ. They realized the woman wasn't breathing and tried to revive her. After about 30 minutes, they determined she was deceased, according to the fire chief. There was no indication of foul play, so the fire department contacted the Oakland County medical examiner's office and provided the woman's medical data as it was standard procedure at the morgue. Right. They, they found that she was still breathing. How does that happen? I mean, that's the stuff of movies. Right. You know, it's Monty Python. I'm not dead yet. And isn't that the, the fear? I mean, is that one of the fears you have? Is like you're, you're in the coffin and they're, they're putting you in the ground. You're like, well, well yeah, I'm not. Even though it's wasn't impossible. It, even though, of course, it's impossible. But still, it's like a, it's a nightmare, you know. Wasn't it during the, the, was it during the plague or something else that they would, they would bury you with, a, it was like a rope that was attached to a bell. Because in case they got it wrong, you could ring the bell and they'd realize that you weren't dead yet. Was that the plague? I, I, I'm, I'm not up on my, on my medieval. Uh, but that is, yes, that's frightening. That's unbelievably frightening. And that you can make that mistake that you, that you, did they, did they not, was she not breathing at the time and then started breathing on her own? Apparently. <laughs> they, they, they could not detect uh, any kind of uh, heart activity or breathing. And, they, they were, you know, who knows uh, <laughs> what was going on. But right, my that's God. the kind of story that just leaves you totally dumbfounded. Confusion again. And what's happening? You got one more? No, Kentucky yes. Fried Chicken has decided to pause using its finger licking good slogan because, well, 
It's probably not the best idea right now. Several months after health officials recommended everyone stop touching their faces to help stop the spread of coronavirus, KFC said Monday that the 64-year-old slogan doesn't feel quite right. You're not licking somebody else's fingers. <laughs> fingers. You're licking your own finger. I would hope. Man, just when you think America hasn't gotten that dumb, lo and behold, here we are. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. The TikTok story is kind of fantastic. How TikTok has taken over with social media, what your kids are doing. Really, not it, it's millennials and younger. It's it's Gen Z. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke, everybody. Tony Katz and Fingers Malloy, great to be with you. It's fascinating. And it's fascinating how the problem with TikTok, as people discuss it, is that it's this Chinese-owned app, and there's big conversations about stealing intellectual property and stealing data, a very, very big problem. And then Microsoft was going to buy it, and then the White House said they were going to ban it, and then TikTok is suing the White House. Walmart wanted a piece of this. Walmart was going to go into this with Alphabet and SoftBank. Alphabet owns Google. They were going to try and be one of the for buyers the, for, for the, TikTok. For the data? I don't know what they were going to do it for. But do you have any idea how big, how big this app is? Yes. You know how I know? How do you know? Instagram <laughs> Reels. It is amazing when this whole TikTok controversy, it didn't take long at all for, I, I don't know about you, you, you do reels on instagram you do cigar right if so if you reviews. follow insta uh eat drink smoke on instagram eat drink smoke podcast i do the real cigar review so i review cigars all the time in 15 seconds or less yeah and reels you can yeah, it, it looks very similar at least on instagram to some of the stuff that people do on tiktok if i open up my search on instagram it's it's like a lot of the same stuff it's just like like kids dancing and uh, you, you know, it's very similar to some of the things you saw on, on TikTok. And it seems like this just like, and maybe I'm wrong. It just seems like it blew up in the last three weeks. Well, well, Real, Reels like is, is, is pretty new. So what Reels is and what TikTok is, is that you create these short videos. There used to be Vine, which was worked with, with Twitter, and it used to be that kind of thing. And so you create these short videos, and sometimes they're meme videos of dancing. There are other things. And so Reels is you just create these videos. You can do them in one 15-second block, or you can create certain segments, and you create content, and you post the content. I do it for, for Cigar reviews. But the craziest story about Walmart is, is that the U.S. government said no. They demanded a technology company be the lead so they could secure the company's data. Here's the problem. Amazon is the top dog in selling you things online. You know who number two is? Walmart. And they're trying to come up strong. They're trying to be that you know, they're trying to be the Walmart online. Walmart's trying to be the Walmart online. They're trying to compete with Amazon, which is tough considering Bezos is now worth two hundred billion dollars. But that is an unbelievable story. That's how big, just absolutely huge, TikTok is. So you know, when you're like, I, I don't understand it. I don't know why people are talking about it. Understand, we're talking about huge dollars, and we're talking about massive, massive data. And the other thing too, it's. I do my best not to make fun of TikTok or, you know, there, there were a lot of people who were older who were uh, dismissing the idea of TikTok being banned. You have social media 
personalities or what they, they spend a lot of time and effort building a following on these platforms and ma- and they're making money yes my kids um, have an interest in this stuff in creating content and I don't allow them social media they have none no Instagram no TikTok no Snapchat they can text with their friends they've got discord for when they're gaming because when it comes to gaming what I've said is I don't know why I'm fighting this fight if you want a game and you want to go pro Go find out if you can go pro. Right. Go figure this out. As long as you also read a book, (laughs) you know, we're totally fine. And so we, two weeks ago, we finished. We built our own PC. Literally sourced all the components, got got together, got in the basement, said, okay, here's a video that shows us how to do it. Let's do this. I actually got help from a technology teacher in one of the local high schools. Unbelievably, unbelievably helpful dude. And we slowly put it together it was a little frustrating and then we couldn't figure out how to get the operating system installed and then we figured it out and holy cow it works they built their own pc that's cool and i said if you're going to be serious about creating content i'm i'm not going to go about you know buying things for you we've got stuff you know i my work in radio my work in tv we, we've got things you start making content and then i'll start buying things and so they now each have a youtube channel and they make Content and one of them does gaming content. They play the game and they talk about it and they they're with friends and they share it. And the other one creates kind of like reviews and and odd sorts of commentaries. It's I I, I didn't know they were that funny. <laughs> it, it's pretty fantastic. But you want to do this? Go ahead. But first, you have to actually do it. And when you actually do it, then I'll invest in it. I've gone so the other way. Where people are like, oh, it's too much screen time. No, no, no. As long as you're a well-rounded person. Go at it. If right. this is your future, let's go. Let's find out now. And you know, the funny thing is, when it comes to like the gaming channels and stuff, I never understood what the appeal was until I found my slot machine channels that I told you about on YouTube. Where this people- is the weirdest thing in the world, fingers. There are people out there who make videos of themselves in Vegas or wherever else playing slots, and Fingers Malloy is a subscriber to all of them. Yes, because I love me. <laughs> some casino gaming and I love Vegas uh, but you, you'll see these guys they'll they'll be playing $100 a pull and you know it's not quite the same as you playing you don't get quite the, the rush of, of the gambling that I get but to see someone just going just tapping a button going $100, $100, $100, $100. but here's the best because you describe this to me very often they're not playing with their $100 no they aren't they, uh, YouTube has a thing called Super Chats where they will do a live broadcast and people to have their comment appear at the top of the online chat for the channel will donate money. So there's one guy uh, who has a YouTube channel. He said, hey, listen, uh, if people donate $100 to my channel, I'll go and uh, well, I'll do five pulls on the Wheel of Fortune $100 machine. Now, keep in mind, He's gambling their money, but he's not. They don't have a cut, it, right? They don't share. He's no, not sharing that's, it. That's, that's illegal. So he's just—they're getting the entertainment of watching him do a one hundred dollar pull on a Wheel of Fortune slot machine in the high limit room. It is the most unbelievable thing. So if you send us a hundred dollars, we will smoke a cigar. <laughs> right. For every hundred dollars you send, <laughs> we will smoke a cigar. Yeah, we're we're gonna need an eat, drink, smoke Venmo. <laughs> And, let, and let's see what happens. Yeah. We will smoke a cigar just for you. The whole thing, we'll, we'll, we'll live stream it just to you. 
and we'll be like, Tommy, you bought us this cigar. It's, it's a cameo for cigars. <laughs> it is a. We will do personal cigar reviews at a hundred dollars a cigar. <laughs> Hold on a second. Now we might be onto something. You think? Because there's someone. See, that's the best part. Someone will do it just as the joke, just for the kick. Absolutely. Hey, check this video out. Tony and Fingers V Drink Smoke did a cigar review just for me. It's cameo for cigars. You're absolutely right. We're having a business meeting on the air right now. <laughs> you know, everybody right now in their car at home is like, yeah, someone's going to send you $100. Right now, someone's figuring out, hey, what is their Venmo? I'll send them $100. <laughs> As we speak, what's a better birthday gift than a personalized cigar review <laughs> from Fingers and Tony? Oh, my gosh. That's that is awesome. By the way, California continues to be the worst state in the union. I wish, you know, I, I spent six years living in Los Angeles, and it was beautiful. It is so difficult to live there. California, the General Assembly, unanimously approved. They banned flavored tobacco. Now, it does not apply to premium cigars. It applies to almost all flavored tobacco products, flavored e-cigarettes, and flavored vaping. I, I am not in favor of these bans on flavored vaping. It's just, it's wrong. But the, if, if I read that correctly, it does affect premium cigars where it has to be over a certain price point. So the, the premium cigar has to no. be over $12.50 retail, or excuse me, uh, wholesale, which will bump the cigar price if you're doing a flavored premium cigar to $25 a stick. The assembly voted for this 50 to nothing. 50 to nothing. It's, it's, it's like they're finding ways to make your life difficult and to make living in California difficult. The cigar we're reviewing is the Yagua from J.C. Newman. It's very, very impressive, guys, if you can find it. Y-A-G-U-A. And the Pikesville Rye is in my liquor cabinet. I adore Pikesville Rye. You will as well. Be sure to get the podcast at Apple Podcasts. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.